Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Oh, we missed you guys. We missed you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, I don't know if you guys forgot me, but my name is Ja. Hey, it's Dugo over here. We ready to be back. We hope you guys are happy to have us back. It's fantasy football season, baby. We in the off season. We're we getting close to the OTAs. We're back. Hey, you we're know back. vibes. We're um, back. Your hey. favorite podcast for fantasy football banter. Hey, Oja. What up? We're back. Cheers, we're back, baby. Cheers. Welcome back to another season, and uh, kind of similar to last year. If you guys are longtime listeners, uh, we are going to go ahead and deep dive into some NFL teams and their fantasy players uh, who can make impacts. And you know, we got a long way until the actual first week of the season. So from here on out, me and Dugo will be breaking down about two or three teams uh, from now until the actual start of the NFL season. And we'll be, you know, talking about those players who you might have on your teams um, that could potentially, you know, make a difference for for you and your uh, hopefully championship team uh, moving into the 2023 season. Facts. So to kick it off, we're going to do a team from the AFC and a team from the NFC. And our team from the AFC is going to be the Houston Texans. Bro, the Houston Texans, aren't they supposed to be like booty hole or something this year? Like, why are we talking about them right away? I mean, they got your favorite player, Mr. Damian Pierce. Hey, yo, they do got him. Sophomore surge? Hey, bro, I think he's going to have his sophomore surge for sure, dog. Sophomore surge? I'm thinking so, bro. I honestly, like, we've been talking, like, hey, guys, like, when we took this hiatus of three weeks, whatever, like, we were still talking fantasy with each other. Don't, Don't you ever think differently. For sure. And one thing I've been talking to Ja about is how much I think Damian Pierce could break out this next year, especially with just an offense that is going to be more effective. It's going to have a quarterback that is much more effective. It's going to have an offense that I believe is going to be like, you've said it before, like it's going to be D'Amico Ryan. So it's probably going to be some sort of a mesh of like a Shanahan system. It is. So if you do that effectively, and if you have good running backs, like they already have some, like you, they got some horses in the gates. Mm-hmm. All right, they got Devin Singletary behind them. Who you were just doing some research, and he's projected to be damn near their their highest scorer from this team. Devin Singletary um, is projected to be well the RB two after Damian Pierce. But uh, the current running back room in Houston though is Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, Mike Boone, and Dare Ogunbowale. Ooh, okay. Yep. So all that sounds like to me is it's going to be probably a two-horse system, mainly headed by my boy Damian, Damian Pierce. Pierce. Okay. I'm excited for Damian Pierce because they added one of, I feel like, one of the better guards this year in a trade, the Texans. They acquired a guard, I believe, from uh, the Dolphins. Okay. 
And so this guy, he's going to be probably playing uh, probably right, uh, right side of uh, Laramie Tunsil because they just re-signed him, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, like, that line is going to be resurged, regenerated, and ready to go. So when you're talking about, like, having a young quarterback like C.J. Stroud, like, not only is that trade going to help in that aspect, but you also have Damian Pierce who is, like I said, he's one of the more up-and-coming running backs just, I mean, like when you're talking the perfect running back build, it's damn near him. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's a rough neck. He was able to, you know, go <laughs> through those years in the SEC. Yeah, he didn't get a lot of touches for some fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Spill that out to me. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, like I believe that we have struck gold here with Damian Pierce, folks. And I mean, you're thinking, oh, Dugo, like what about like Damian Sing- or Devin Singletary? Like is he going to take away the receiving yards? I mean, maybe a little bit, but, like, if you looked at what Damian Pierce had last year, I don't have the stats up rip, but if you want to get him up, Jahiah, mm-hmm. like, he didn't really have all that much receiving work. So, I mean, just in the pure fact that I believe that Devin is going – or I believe that Damian is going to be their one-two back for sure, maybe even third down in some cases. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to get some receiving work still, and it's going to be, like I said, in a more effective, more efficient offense where – I bet he's able to get a little bit more run out of the catch. Like, it's going to be less like, you know, like him just squeezing out of the box quick and, you know, quick uh, a quick dump off where he probably gets tackled after two yards. Like, well, it's probably more designed like a swing pass or something. I think the one thing I like about Damian Pierce is that he can be that downhill, like early down rushing back. But with C.J. Stroud now, you know, like home in the offense, he's the new quarterback. You would assume they're going to take a step up. Well, I would say one thing for sure is, I mean, like with a rookie, I mean, you want to get him comfortable throwing the ball, but you also want to make sure that he understands the run game. And, you know, I feel like one thing they want to do is they want to make sure that they're winning on defense and controlling the clock on offense. And the best way to do that is by running the ball. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think that they're going to be in the end zone more often. I think they're going to be in the red Uh, zone more often. Right. And I mean, they're probably going to get more touchdowns off of long balls too, because of how accurate CJ is, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, all I'm saying is I believe folks, if you're listening to this right now, I'm not sure exactly where DP's uh, ADP is right now, mm-hmm. but I mean, folks start believing the hype a little bit. I mean, if I could get my hands on this guy, if he's available, like honestly to be in like the fourth or fifth round, like if he's able to be my RB two, I'm taking him. Yeah. He's going to be a great, I think running back to have next year, he's going to be a sneaky good RB two for you. Um, and as you know, you got Devin Singletary back there as well. Right. Like let's, let's get the facts straight. Like I'm not looking at any ADPs or anything right now, folks, this is just off rip, but mm-hmm. I'd be very comfortable taking Damian Pierce as my RB two going forward this next season in a redraft league. Yeah, yeah, I like Damian Pierce a lot. And so right now he's projected to be the second highest scoring player on the Texans offense after C.J. Stroud. Uh, You have pickups this year like Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz. Tank Dell was a young receiver they drafted, uh, you know, maybe at the the request of C.J. Stroud. But allegedly and Xavier Hutchinson. And they got John Mitchie, John Mitchie coming back this year. Bro, I'm excited for him. Good for him to come back like that. That's awesome. They got some young weapons, and Robert Woods is there to go ahead and kind of coach him up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they do. We talked about C.J. Stroud a lot when we talked about our rookies coming into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, after the first few weeks, we've heard a lot of positive report or reports, but I guess are you still kind of where you were oh, with yeah. C.J. Stroud? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if it wasn't for the rushing upside of Anthony Richardson, if you guys have been listening to him from last season, mm-hmm. uh, in our rookie draft, I did end up drafting Anthony Richardson in the second round. 
Okay. Uh, bypassing CJ Stroud, bypassing uh, Bryce Young. Yep. So looking back at our prospect grades, uh, you had CJ Stroud as your number one quarterback overall um, coming out of this rookie class. Yeah, it all came like if you look at how I drafted, I feel like it kind of went more in the safe route. But I felt like by doing so, I feel like I was more or less securing high upside or at least trying to reach for upside. Mm -hmm. So if you look at my first pick in that, it was uh I believe it was Anthony Richardson, and then the next pick that I had was a running back of Tank Bigsby. Yeah, rather in than league, in yeah. Our home league, yeah, but yeah. in terms of our prospect rankings, right? I gotta, I gotta ask you. So if you guys follow well, us that on, just, like, yeah. So just going, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So if you guys follow us on Instagram, follow us at the Gumbo Pod. But a few weeks back, actually, on the week of uh, the NFL draft. Me and Dougal came out with our prospect rankings for these rookies. We want to kind of go ahead and give you guys our grades on these players before they ended up on an NFL team. And so we ranked our favorite quarterbacks. And for Dougal's ranking, he has CJ Stroud as his QB1. Bryce Young was QB2. Anthony Richardson was QB3. Hendon Hooker was QB4. And Will Levis was 5. Yep. Now, respectively, on my side, I had Bryce Young as my 1. CJ yep. Stroud was my 2 instead okay. of my instead of 1. Also had Anthony Richardson at 3. And then at four and Levis at five. But we kind of had Bryce Young and CJ Stroud fighting for that QB one spot. Yeah. What made you pick CJ Stroud over Bryce Young, knowing that Bryce Young could potentially be a little bit more mobile? So for me, I mean, I, I just don't believe that Bryce Young is all that more mobile. I really believe that CJ Stroud, if given the ability, I feel like he could probably go play, you know, probably not on a or NBA basketball. But he could go probably play college hoops. Mm -hmm. Like he's a good athlete. Did you see him scramble a ton at Ohio State? I don't think well, he really had to. Well, he was scrambling a little bit out of the pocket, but he was always like making his footwork so it didn't look like he was throwing on the run. Mm -hmm. Like he was always able to set his feet. It looked like. Mm -hmm. So unless like he was playing like you know like those elite teams like the Alabamas or stuff like that, like in those huge games, like you saw him throwing a little bit off offset. And it wasn't the prettiest, but I feel like once he gets into an NFL system where he's actually able to, I mean, like it, it's his career at this point. I'm not saying that when he's at Ohio State, football isn't his career. Yeah. But, I mean, this is like you have the best coaches. You have, like, the best facilities. You have everything at your disposal in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So if you're not able to make, like, those little adjustments, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah. So all I'm saying is when you look at the clay and everything that is cj stroud i think that he is probably the best arm talent in this draft i believe he is probably as mobile if not more mobile and more athletic than bryce young mm -hmm. and when you look at his size compared to bryce young that's what really does it for me because i mean when we're watching these like videos and you know reading these reports like it's stunning how small cj or i'm sorry it's stunning how small bryce, bryce young, young is. is compared to his linemen and i mean these linemen are huge but, bro, like, some of it, I mean, like, it's just, it's concerning to me at some point. Because, like, if you do get a guy, yeah. like, so they play in the a or NFC South. And for the record, Bryce Young came in at five foot ten and one eighth. Bro, like, he's going to be playing Vita Vea, I'm pretty sure. Isn't he on the Bron or Buccaneers? I believe so, yes. So he's going to pl be playing that guy twice a year, and that guy weighs... Like upwards at three forty, and that guy runs like a four four. Yeah, like it's just it's concerning to me in some cases. That's all I'm saying. If he all gets right? sacked, it's gonna be a hard sack. 
and it only takes a couple of hits to really rattle the kid up. Uh, right. Kid up. And I mean, his mental perseverance and all that kind of shit will matter. But it's more physical too. Like it's just like his toll. Like how much can he take of that? Well, what did they say about those two in college? They said that Bryce Young was going to be more of the quicker decision maker, right? Like he might be able to process the game on the mental aspect a little bit quicker than CJ Stroud. Yeah. I mean, like it, you got to hope to God that they're doing like three step job backs and he's not getting any sort of pressure and there's no sort of coverage out there. Yeah. But I mean, it's the NFL, Jahaya. I mean, even the best teams, like, the quarterback has to go scramble. And, yeah, like, he's a- able to make really good decisions. But, I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, when you're able – like, if you're that small, it's just kind of a liability for me yeah. out there. And, I mean, Stroud is still a two-time Heisman finalist, so we know that, you know, when it's game time, he shows up ready to go. Right. Uh, but we'll, he'll be someone interesting to watch moving forward. Oh, now, definitely. I know in redraft leagues, he's going as, like, basically like a QB2 option for you right now. Do you think that's a steal? Like, is he someone that you would go into, like, the redraft year confident in as your QB1? Probably not as my QB1, if I'm going to keep it a buck. Just because I feel like they're kind of going to... I'm not going to say, like, baby him into the offense or anything. But I just don't think we're going to see all C.J. Stroud this first year. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I feel like he's probably going to end as, like, probably QB20 or 20 or something like that. Like he might be able to fill in for you a couple of weeks. Like if you like carrying two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. he might be okay for you, but I feel like you'd probably be all right waiting for him to be like, I don't know, like, you know, like the 14th, 15th round right now. He's going off the board as like the QB 21, 22 ish on sleeper. Yeah. I feel uh, like that's pretty fair. He's going behind Jordan love. So that's a good question too. I guess like between Jordan love and CJ Stroud, who would you prefer in fantasy? I guess if I have to rush it, I'm going to probably give my benefit of the doubt to Jordan Love at this point. Yeah, I'm a big Packer fan, as you guys know. I'm all in on Jordan Love this year. Uh, He'll be somebody that we talk about in the future, too. Uh, But we want to talk about the Texans this week and also the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC. uh, Because that's where my favorite quarterback is. Or not quarterback. That's where my favorite running back is in uh, Alexander Madison. uh, Somebody that I've also been talking up for a little bit. And it uh, looks like he's going to be RB1 in Minnesota Dugo. Um, right now, I mean, he's getting drafted with like a fourth round, fifth round ADP in redraft leagues. Does that make sense to you? I mean, it kind of does. I mean, to the sense that, like, you know, he's probably going to be the RB1 or at least starting running back for that team. I just feel like it's going to be like a huge um, hodgepodge of running backs because I feel like if you look at, like, Kene, uh, Niago, or, and. Kenny Nuangu. Nuangu, thank yep. you. And like Ty Chandler, who I'm still pretty high on. Like when he got to play last year, like he was putting up some pretty decent numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like overall, like this is one of those things to where I feel like Alexander Madison can be good. So uh, at the end of the day, I'd probably be all right with him in like I don't know, like the sixth, because I feel like I still have Damian Pierce in front of him for sure. Okay. You know, like I've. I don't know. When I'm thinking about like people stealing roles, I feel like Ty Chandler has a more upside to steal more of a role because he's still on his rookie deal and the team really doesn't know what he can do. Yeah. So I feel like like if so like if they want to go with the hot hand and let's say like Alexander Madison just doesn't have it one week and Ty Chandler does and he just runs with it, you know? I don't, I could just definitely see that happening because they don't have much invested in Alexander Madison at this point. Is Damian Pierce much better than Devin Singletary? Yes. Okay. And I believe he fills more roles as well. Like I feel like when you look at uh, Damian Pierce, 
he's able to take more of a load as a running back as far as like the one and two running roles or running uh, down roles if you want to do so, if you if that's how you want to categorize it. Mm-hmm. And with Devin Singletary at 5'7", like 200 pounds, See. I mean, it's just one of those things where I feel like he's going to be more utilized as like that receiving threat. So Damian Pierce currently has an ADP of being the 51st pick. Okay. So you're getting this guy in like, you know, probably around like the fifth round area. Okay. Alexander Madison is going at 53. So he's going two picks after Damian Pierce and redraft uh, ADP currently. I guess out of those two, when I really look at the situations, I think the Vikings offense is going to be more efficient and better than the Texans offense. So I see Alexander Madison being in more scoring situations. I feel like you can look at it that way, but I feel like at the same time, I feel like by letting go of Delvin Cook, I feel like it, they made kind of kind of an initiative that they're going to be running, or I'm sorry, passing the ball much more. And especially by getting a wide receiver, a wide receiver in the first round, I'm sorry, but you have to make an impact with that guy right away. Like you can't be drafting that guy that high when you have that many holes on your team. And saying, yeah, we're going to go with a wide receiver. Like, obviously, they have a plan for him if they drafted that guy that high. I think this offense could definitely start passing the ball more. They're already one of the pass heaviest teams in the NFL. But even so, I mean, somebody has to carry it at some point. Oh, for sure. And Alexander Madison kind of falls into that position where he's a back with size. He's 5'11", 215. He's been in the league four years now. He understands this offense. He yeah. came in. Well, you know, don't whatever. get me wrong. Like, I'm not hating on the guy. I'm just saying that I feel like that fifth round is a little too sweet for me. That's it. That's I, all I'm saying about that. I like Madison. He's going as the RB21 off the board, I want to say. And honestly, I might regret this because I think Pierce could pop off with just – he's going to get a lot of run. Um, well, if you're saying he's going to get a lot of run, why are you betting against him? No, because I trust Madison and I trust the touchdowns. And I'm going to say that I got a, I got a feeling Alexander Madison's going to finish ahead of Damian Pierce next year. Um, that's just something I want to get on the record so we can revisit it and I can pop my shit if I'm right. Uh, and we won't ever talk about it again if you're wrong. <laughs> that's great. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. Question for you. Who would you rather have between KJ Osborne and Tank Dell? That's interesting. Um, I guess since it's a new offense and they have brought this guy in with the new regime, I would go with Tank Dell, I guess, this year. In redraft. He's someone I want to do more research into, but he kind of gives me the vibes of he could be a great sleeper. Yeah. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I feel like, I mean, he didn't gri- he didn't get great cap. He's one of these smaller, lanky wide receivers again. So, I mean, it's not amazing. It's not what you love to see. But. He was in the third. He was a third round pick. Right. He did get cap. He went 69th overall. Ayo. He's 5'10", 165, which is, I mean, he might be a slot, but. He's quick as fuck, dude. He led the nation in receiving yards and touchdowns in 2022. Right. Um, and he had 32 touchdowns during his entire career. Yeah. So, like, if he's able to get the ball in his hands, like, don't let him. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like, you got to get the ball in his hands. And, I mean, it's just the sheer fact of, I don't know, man. Like, the, the NFL defenses are a lot different than the AAC defenses that he's been facing. So, it's... Uh, it comes to a fact of like the competition he's been facing to an extent. I mean, you made it to the NFL, you're a third round pick. You should at least have that. Um, or you should at least know the competition. You should be able to play at the competition. Like I, I like, I like his it's, explosiveness. Yeah. 
and I could see him as a returner, maybe like having some big plays too. Yeah, and I mean like some of the videos that you've seen from like the senior bowl and stuff like that, like he's looked good, like he has. Like against like real competition, he has looked good. So I mean it's the sheer fact of what is his usage going to be like as a rookie. Okay. But I mean at the end of the day, like you said, like he led the nation last year in receiving yards and touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, those are two huge stats to lead in. Yeah, they are. It's really important. And he did both. And so, so damn, dude, that's tough, bro. Um, that's why I would probably go Tank Dell just off of the upside because I know that by them bringing in another first-round receiver above K.J. Osborne, they might like him, but they don't like him that much. I guess because my issue with Tank is, like, you got John Mechie coming back this year who was drafted last year by a different regime to be the slot, but they haven't really seen him play football yet. So, like, does John Mechie secure that slot role and then can Tank Dell work outside if that's... I don't know. I guess, like, how interchangeable are Mechie and uh, Mechie and Tank Dell? I guess we'll have to wait and see, man. I guess, like, off-rip, I would probably go Tank Dell if it's this regime. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just be the opposition, and I'm going to just go ahead and say KJ. Even with Addison, I mean, I don't know. KJ's been cool. Like, he's not overly impressive, but... He ends the year as like wide receiver like forty five, wide receiver forty ish, uh, being the third option behind Thielen and Jefferson these last couple of years. Uh, but those are two receivers both on teams that I think are going to be interesting for offense next year. Yeah, it definitely will be interesting. I mean, both have the opportunity to pop off. I mean, they're going to be in roles that they've never been in before, so it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. I uh, I would just like I said. Especially with the Vikings bringing in another first-round receiver in Jordan Addison. My dog. Jahia's dog. That's my dog. I picked him in the first round. Um, That was hate. That was a hate in that was picked, too. You did that shit so I couldn't get him. You know the vibes. 100%, bro. You know the vibes. I'm probably going to flip him to you in a couple of years for like a first and a second. For Devin A. Chain? I'll do a first second and Devin a chain right now i'll up, do it right now i'll do it right now bro bro send that send the trade I'll, I'll accept it right now i Wait, won't look at it who would you rather draft between tj hawkinson and mark andrews probably hawk i'd probably have to go with hawk i mean the amount of receiving weapons that the baltimore ravens have added tight end two last is year unreal and i feel like with tj hawkinson i mean it's just one of those things to where the wide receiver two on that team is leaving they bring in a wide receiver in the first round, yes. But, I mean, I, I just feel like you're going to see kind of an extended role, especially with an offseason with this team. See, that's what I'm talking about. And, like, here's the thing with Tom Monken and Baltimore. They're talking about being more explosive. And you go have uh, Lamar Jackson back playing more games than he did play last year. Right. Now, last year, Hawkinson also started off on the Lions and ended up on the Vikings midway. Mark Andrews started off well and then lost his quarterback midway. Uh, they ended the season. TJ Hawkinson had 176 points for you in fantasy, and Mark Andrews ended with 160. Mark Andrews was the tight end four. Hawk was the tight end two. I would presume they're both going to get better. Uh, but do you think like that delta, that difference that they had last year, you know, is that sustainable for Hawk to cover against Mark Andrews? And I know you, it sounds like you, you, you do I mean, feel yeah, that I've, way. I've thought about it a little bit for sure, and I still feel like Hawk would have to be the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a true off season with the guy. Does Jordan Addison have the same effect on him like it does on KJ? In which no, he, like, I don't believe value, so. Like, I don't believe so because when you look at Alexander, or I'm sorry, when you look at Jordan Addison, I feel like he's gonna be playing more outside, while Hawkinson. So someone it, has to hold down the middle. Yeah, and that's gonna be Hawk. Yeah. 
So I don't think, and that's that's the role that he played last year on a team that did that he didn't have an off season with or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming, you know, Kevin O'Connell getting more comfortable with Hawkinson, with Hawkinson getting more comfortable with the playbook. Not saying that he can't in the what like seven or eleven weeks that he spent with the team. Yep. But I'm just saying that a off season can do a lot for a guy, and especially like just being in a different change. I mean. Like, the Detroit Lions, like, they were a motivated team last year, but I don't think anyone really had expectations. The Vikings had expectations, so I feel like walking through the door, like, I feel like that kind of, like, motivated him. Here's so. here's my reference, bringing it back to what you said earlier, but Dalvin Cook left the team. We talked about how the Vikings might be even more pass-heavy. Kirk Cousins is in a contract year this year. Like, Kirk Cousins doesn't have any more time on his contract after this year. So, he's a free agent in 2024 next summer. And I would imagine bro's been the king of getting paid like throughout his NFL career. Guaranteed money. He's going to go. I would assume he's going to have a good year this year. And it seems like the staff is kind of setting him up for that. They drafted a new receiver. You trade for TJ Hawkinson last year. You got Justin Jefferson. You trade away like one of your best running backs you've had in a long time. Like they They are trade them. They released them or released them. But yeah, bro, like Kirk Cousins is set up to go ahead and have a lot of pass attempts this year. And Justin Jefferson, therefore, is being projected as the number one player going off the board in fantasy drafts next year. Justin Jefferson now has Jordan Addison as opposed to Adam Thielen. He doesn't have to worry about Dalvin Cook taking receptions. And they added in TJ Hawkinson. If you ask me, I would not go with that scheme at all. I'd probably go hero back if you ask me. I feel what like, do you mean by that? Like I would probably go with at least like getting a running back first. You I, wouldn't draft JJ in the first round? No. Well... Uh, well, number not, one. not the one one not not at all mm-hmm. i feel like you just have a lot of other options i feel like who knows like maybe christian mccaffrey can finally be healthy for once i mean if you look at what he was able to do last year in the 49er system that shit was brazy that shit was like should have a movie that shit was better than damn near shit that d henny was doing in the past Bro. because he had rushing or he had uh receiving upside yeah Chris ended the year as the second best running back in PPR with about 356 points. How many games did he miss last year? He played 17. He played the whole season for once. No, he played the whole season his first three years in the NFL. In the last two, he had injuries. Well, yeah, I know, but it was finally good to see him play a whole season. That's good to hear. Bro, and so, that's... Yeah, I, I mean, if you ask me, I would rather go with someone like him than, you know, later in the draft. I mean, it feels like some people are fucking shading the fuck out of Devonte adams so i mean on like the far side that people are shading him who else are they shading so i'll just probably wait for getting a receiver on the wraparound in a second Najee harris is kind of getting faded right now i don't really love Najee. if you're gonna ask me honestly yeah. like, so i don't know i i wouldn't draft him in the first for sure that, mm-hmm. that's just the staple Najee's currently going at like the third round beginning of the third round really um if you're playing like 12 team leagues wow. he's either like the 12th pick in the second or the first pick of the third and so when it that comes might be okay when that it comes to the one one because you was just talking about how justin jefferson at the one one might not be the best decision because mm-hmm. you can go get a running back and get a you know receiver right uh on the wraparound if you play snake or whatever right uh some of your receiver options at you know, that wraparound point are going to be Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf. So if you go out and you start the draft with Christian McCaffrey, and let's say you get DK Dog. Metcalf, 
Let's say you get DK Metcalf, and then on the wraparound going into the third round, you snag Chris Olave. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I would say so. Compared to what? I Compared guess what, to, what, one, what running backs are available in the second round? So some running backs that are available at the end of the second round going into the third round are Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, if you're lucky, you get Najee. If you're lucky, you get Tony Pollard. Uh, but those are some of the guys available on the wraparound. So if you were to go ahead and take a Justin Jefferson at the 1-1, one, one, uh, maybe you land with Justin Jefferson, Najee, and Ramondre Stevenson. Bro, like if I could cop – Justin Jefferson and Tony Pollard, that'd be unreal. But I feel like the way that we saw Tony Pollard get utilized last year, I feel like he's going to be inflated into the first round this next year. Yeah. I feel yeah. like right now, like we're looking at the ADPs of people who are like nerds. Mm-hmm. So I feel like by the time that there's a lot more other people, people who aren't, you know, absolute like diehards. He's a cowboy running back. Yeah, and they're going to be like, oh, didn't he pop off last year? They're going to look at his stats from the year before and be like, yup, he did. I'm drafting that guy. Bro, cowboy players always get inflated damn near by like five five to six picks just because of the team they play for. Right. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like if, if that is possible, that'd be dank. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I don't know. I feel like the whole – I like the hero back role, especially yeah. in the 49ers offense, man. Like, yeah. and just to, and I'm sorry to cut you off, no, no, you're uh, good, but bro. just to recap those options once again, we talked about Justin Jefferson because we're talking about the Vikings and we're talking about his like, is it a good draft decision to take him at the one one? I just don't know. I just feel like wide receiver one one. I mean, you're looking at a really really good situation this year, mm-hmm. but I also feel like. They drafted this fucking wide receiver in the first round as well. I'm not saying that he's gonna take all of his smoke or anything like that. Don't get don't get me in a bundle. Yep. But and there's Cooper Cup. Like Cooper Cup is still good at football. Right. Well, I'm year. not trying to say that he's in the one one either, bro. Like, I, you could get him for a better value. Right. Exactly. But I'm just saying, like, if you have the one one, like, don't no, like, go for mm-hmm. go for a running back. It's if you ask me, I feel like that's the winning formula. Would you rather have Nico Collins or would you rather have Jordan Addison this year? Are you serious? That's a gotta real ask. question. I got. I feel like we didn't talk about Nico earlier. Uh yeah. No, I'm. I'm fading the fuck out of Nico. I'm gonna definitely go with Jordan Addison. Yeah, I'm going with J.A. too. Nico's gonna be a cool red zone target. I think he sustains his values by the games in which he scores touchdowns, which I think he could score like five, six touchdowns next year. Um, but give me J. Y'all know how big of a Jordan Addison fan I am. Uh, and then lastly, Dalton Schultz was one of the pickups on the Texans. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he ended it last year. I think it's like tight end, like outside of the top, like eight ish. Uh, was he kind of banged up though? I thought, I, I felt like he missed a couple games. I think he did. Do you like him landing in Houston as opposed to being in Dallas last year? I mean, to an extent, because, I mean, when you think about a young quarterback, I feel like one of their best dump-offs is their tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dalton Schultz has shown to be a weapon at times. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it could be a good weapon for C.J. Stroud. Uh, the sheer fact that it's a one-year deal with the Texans makes me kind of suss at what other op- yeah. options he had, though. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, I, I feel like George... <clears throat> Dalton Schultz. I feel like Dalton Schultz ends probably being... At least a top 15, if not, let's say, a top 12 uh, tight end this next year. I think he's definitely top 15. I think he's definitely top 15. I think he's going to get a couple more targets than he did last year. Um, he's someone kind of like Kirk Cousins, who I think is going to be very volume-driven. 
So their usage is just going to increase next year. And the reason I say that is because usually young quarterbacks are, you know, pretty involved with the tight ends. Uh, they like to, you know, get those safe targets in the middle of the field. And I think that Schultz could benefit from that. I don't really think they have too many options behind him. Maybe Brevin Jordan, if he's still on the team. He is, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be much there. Kirk Cousins is similar. He's just going to be able to, bro, they're going to go crazy with pass attempts next year. I think the Vikings could easily be one of the pass heaviest teams in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I like Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins as like a double digit round pickup. If you can get him in the ninth, tenth round as your quarterback and then just stack up on positional players, I love that value for you. And um, ultimately, I think both these teams are actually going to see better. They'll have better offenses than they had last year. Um, and I think that you can't really go wrong investing into any Vikings players. And even some of the Texans players are at really great values this year. See, I kind of feel like the Vikings offense might take a little bit of a step back just by losing two key pieces with Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. That's I mean, that's going to be kind of tough to overcome. Um, but nonetheless, like I feel like they're still going to be around the same. I just don't know if they're going to be as great, if you just ask me personally. Yeah. The, the Texans, they have no choice but to go up. So. Yep. I definitely think they're going to definitely take a step in the right direction. Damian Pierce, I'm telling you now, he has the potential to be a top 10 running back. I mean, he, he does. I'm really excited for him coming into this next year, man. It's going to be very exciting. I think he's going to have a lot more touchdowns than what you're thinking, bro. I really do. What's your number for him this year? For I think he gets at least 10. Ooh, that is possible. Uh, If the over-under was 9.5... I would go. You got to think, bro. Like the first couple Running backs weeks, get injured, though. Yeah, but you got to think like the first couple of weeks of this past year, like they didn't really utilize him all that much. Like it, I felt like it took until like the first like four weeks for him to really break out. Like they're, I felt like they're really utilizing Rex Grossman and shit like that. Damn, that's a tough over under. Uh, I give him ten though. Last give, year he had four touchdowns. I give him ten this year. I got him at nine. I'm gonna take the under on nine and a half. Okay. I'll take the under on that. Is that his real line? Uh, No, but that's the line I'd probably give him if we're doing this bet. That's fair. Uh, Last year, he had 939 rush yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, I think he probably eclipses 1,200 rushing, and I think he probably gets 10 cutties. I got him at nine, but we'll see. Bro, he got vultured so much last year. It was crazy. They they signed Evan Singletary. Yeah, but that, he's not a vulture. And they got a new coach that didn't draft him, and he's a day three pick, round four. Yeah, but he was able to show he was a, a dog. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you guys listening to our lot, our newest episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Instagram at the Gumbo Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Gumbo underscore pod. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Dugo over here. Appreciate y'all tapping in with your head tops again. Tap in with us every Wednesday. Talk to y'all next week. Peace. Peace.